Hello, I'm Doug Martin. And I'm Tasha Martin. Together, we share the joy of personal relationship with Jesus, marriage, children, and serving Vision Church in Lake Worth as pastors. Well, as the worship leader, I just want to invite you to come and worship with us. Well, something special happens when you come into the presence of God and His people in worship. As the lead pastor, I want to invite you to a very friendly and warm church that has a vision that it wants to share with everyone, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us. We're glad that you've decided to listen to our podcast, and I hope that if you're close enough to visit, you'll come by at 9.45 a.m. on Sunday morning, and after the service, say hello to us in the foyer. We would love to meet you. You can also connect with us at visionchurch.ag, on Facebook at AG Vision Church, and on YouTube by searching for Vision Church Assembly of God. Here's my husband, Doug, preaching a message from Sunday. We're continuing on in a series. What are you going to do, Pastor, on graduation? Sunday, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to preach a message on the series Aftermath, Great Expectations. Now, I want to establish a great expectation with you. You ready? Some of you, some of you are sitting here going, he's just now getting up to speak. I look, I can see the look in your eyes. I've known you long enough. And you're going, "Uh uh-oh, here's the great expectation. We'll be out. By 1 p.m. No, no, no. We're going to be out by 11 a.m. Okay? I have a clock right here. If I don't get any encouragement, then that just says, no, Pastor, no. No, please. Okay. Great expectations. Great expectations. We're, we're recognizing graduates today. This is a focus upon graduation for us as a church because we as pa- parents basically said, no, no, let's wait till longer if we can do something live. And so some of it was live stream, some of it was live. And so here now we're back together, and we want to really celebrate these graduates. So I really want them to really listen, okay, for the next 20 minutes. And I really want you to not exclude yourself because you say, I've already graduated. Because you know what? We haven't graduated yet. We haven't graduated yet. There's a promotion. There is glory. There's a, there's a place laid up for us. And, and in between now and then, what are we doing? We're laying aside. We're striving. We are we're focused on that, aren't we? With what? Great expectations. Turn to your neighbor and say, great expectations. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses number 3 through 11. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Not too bad for a Galilean fisherman. Not too bad for a fellow who didn't even have to be literate to do his job and to do his work. He just had to communicate, just had to speak the language. But something has happened in Peter's life. He met Jesus of Nazareth. He had been called by Jesus of Nazareth, and he had seen the dead raised, the lame walk again, the blind see, the mute speak, the paralyzed get up and walk again. You might say that something has happened in Peter to raise his expectations. His old expectation was a nice day on the lake and a good catch of fish. 
to put on the Roman table and to put money in his pocket to put food on his own table. But here this Galilean fisherman is lifting it way higher than anybody could have ever dreamed he was lifting it. He said, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, listen to how high this is, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He didn't say corrupt the, escape the evil world. He said escape the corruption that is in the world through evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. I want to lay these out for you as seven great expectations. Yes, we're going to be doing a devotional on it this week. But notice this quick summary. Divine power, godly life, called us, great glory and goodness, very great and precious promises, participate in the divine nature, escape corruption. Now when I hear that list, I can't help but in my brain make a connection to an old television show I used to watch, Superman. Amazing strength, disciplined lifestyle, superhuman strength, generations of ancestors, leap buildings with a single bound, x-ray vision, and stop a speeding bullet. That's what we saw in Superman. Now, if we're not careful, we see that kind of that parallel and dismiss ourselves and say, well, I'm not super... I'm not high. I'm not put into that category. That's, that's high and lofty. But here's a Galilean fisherman talking to us because he has encountered Jesus, and he's saying to us, and he's saying to these graduates, put it on the top shelf. There's something higher. There's something better. There's something more enduring. And he makes this laundry list for us of seven things that can be part of our great expectations. You ready? Great expectations. Number one, goodness. Now we need to define that word a little bit better because we say goodness and we say hostess cupcakes. There's some goodness for you. Right? Peppermint patty. Different candies. Different things. And very often we say, mm-mm, good. Campbell Soup has taught us to say that, right? With their jingle. And so when we think of goodness, we think of flavor. We think of something that we put in our mouth and it tastes good. But that's not, or that somebody is good to us. And, and we throw that word around, but if we're not careful, we don't anchor it very deeply into Scripture. So, so here's what I want to help you with, is that this first one, goodness, this is goodness, moral excellence, virtue. Now this generation of graduates really needs to be some people of moral excellence. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but there is a lot of immorality in our world. Peter would call this the corruption that is in the world due to evil desires. And how do you overcome good evil? You overcome it with good. 
But what is that goodness? What is that? That is moral excellence. It's not as you do have a word to say to other people, but you're establishing in your own word, I am going to walk uprightly before God. I am going to reflect the values of His kingdom, and I'm going to do in private the same that I do in public. What you see is what you get, because I know in whom I have believed. And I have a relationship with Him, and so now I have a resource of grace and a resource of virtue, and He transforms me so that I actually can be said of me, what a good man, what a good woman. Nothing would do my heart better than to hear spoken over my daughter's life a response from people and other graduates in this place. Libby's been with us for 12 years hanging out in our house, right? Birthday parties. We go back to Andrea Court and birthday parties and things like that, at least since kindergarten. And, and so the connection into our life, to, to hear somebody say, what a good person. And when they say that, they mean there is someone of moral excellence and virtue. They don't have to get preachy about it. They just live out loud the moral excellence of Jesus. One of the things that happens when one first invests their faith in Jesus Christ is they are challenged towards moral excellence. How many of you have experienced this or have watched this happen? Somebody's born again. And then they start making statements like this. You know what? I used to think there was nothing wrong with this at all. But I feel differently about it. Boy, I wonder what's happening. I believe the person of the Holy Spirit is beginning to confront them and say, I've got something higher for you. You're going to begin to reflect the moral excellence of Jesus Christ. You're going to reflect the moral excellence of God because there is all this resource that can come and transform your life. Aren't you glad that you can get that download from him? That Galilean fisherman knew something. He said, I'm going to fail him. I'll deny him. I'll walk out on him. I'll turn my back on him after three years of ministry. But when I was touched with his presence and his spirit, I could stand up and preach, and I would be willing actually to die. And you know, Peter actually did. Why? Because of that virtue and that moral excellence. Number two, knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Knowledge is why we go to college. Knowledge is why we send our kids to school. This is why we make the sacrifices. Why? Knowledge is power. We understand that. It opens up opportunities for people. But why in the church are we concerned with knowledge? Because we want people to know about God, and we want people to press beyond that and know Him personally. Religion says know about Him but a personal relationship with says him, let me introduce you to him. Let's talk about Jesus because we can have a relationship. Now, I put up a fancy word here for you because it's Sunday. I think you should get knowledge when we talk about knowledge, and that's this. There's two Greek words I transliterated over to English, and there are gnosis and epinosis. This is where we get the word knowledge, to know. N-O, you see that N-O? Put a K instead of a G. Bring it over into the English. Add a W. What do you get? To know, no. Now, versus epignosis, he's, this is what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3. He says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? He's talking about this. It's one thing to know about him. There were people all over Galilee that knew about Jesus. 
It's another thing to encounter Him, have Him reveal Himself to you, get on the inside of your life, and how many of you like inside information? Do you know how inside information comes about? By you getting on the inside. You, you work in the dugout. You, you get on the bench in football. And what happens? You have inside information. What was happening on that play? What was the thinking? What was the strategy? That's inside baseball. The people up in the stands, they know that the game happened. But the people on the bench playing the game, they have epinosis about that game. Because they played it, they sweated, they practiced, they saw the strategies and they carried it out. This is an intimate knowledge where we get all tangled up and bound up with Jesus. And because of that, we don't just know things about God. We don't know just about this Bible, but we know the God of the Bible. We know His power. We know His presence. We know Jesus personally. And it's a person like that who can lead someone else into a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Number three, self-control. Self-control. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you appear to be practicing self-control. You've moved already to point number three. Thank you for noticing. I need all the affirmation I can get. Self-control. Here's the axiom I want to tell you. I think this is reflected well in Scripture. Because we know that the fruit of the Spirit is one of them. Self-control. It's in the last group of three that actually affects our physical self in a major way. How can you tell when somebody doesn't have self-control? Some of you say, I just know. <laughs> right? It becomes obvious. If somebody's driving out of control, if somebody's living out of control, we can tell, right? We're all adults, we can tell. Okay. Take dominion over yourself or you will become dominated by something or someone else. Hello? We're living in a culture that wants to throw off all restraint. But what does the Holy Spirit do? He comes on the inside of us and He causes us both to will and to do God's good pleasure, which means then that we practice, we walk out a fruit. It has to be cultivated. If it's a fruit, it has to be cultivated in our life. It has to be planted, it has to be watered, it has to be tended to. What happens to the person who doesn't care and just floats along? They live an out-of-control life. They are now dominated by peer pressure and the downward flow of the current. Whatever comes along, the wind, they're described in Scripture as they're blown about by the wind. And they are what? Double-minded. Why? Because they don't have self-control so i want to challenge our graduates and i want to challenge us who have not yet graduated yet take dominion over yourself or you will become dominated by something or someone else it will happen whatever you yield your members to obey to the same you become a slave number four perseverance how many of you have with, let's just be honest. I'm just telling you, I just really need an honest response, and I need you to indicate, vote with your hands now, with me. How many of you have ever felt really strongly like quitting something? How many of you are still doing something that you know you need to do, but you would like to quit? Right? Now, what is the only thing holding you in there? 
It's perseverance. I don't know how many classes I wanted to drop, how many things I wanted to bail out of. I, with, with my kids, I, I told them, look, whatever you do, that's fine. If you want to play an instrument, don't want to play an instrument. That's up to you. If you want to play sports, don't want to play sports. That's your call. But here's the rule. When you start, you've got to see it through that season. So if you start baseball, you've got to see it through. Football, got to see it through. If you start an instrument, you're committed to that instrument throughout that season. Then if you come back and say, I'm not going to play anymore, okay, we're going to deal with that. But if I'm going to commit myself to Elise, you're going to commit yourself to practice and working on that. Okay? Now, I, I never backed off of that. That was just the way it was going to be. What did it teach them? It taught them perseverance. Why? Because anything I've ever done, even things I love doing, I grow weary of doing. And then I want to quit. And what do we need to do? persevere we need stick-to-itiveness endurance it's called faithfulness faithfulness now we know god is faithful he does not quit and he does not change and what is he calling he's calling us higher isn't he and he's saying amongst you i want to see perseverance be wise about what you connect to but once you connect don't disconnect don't bail out of church. Don't bail out of that devotional. Don't bail out of that Bible reading. Hang in there. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have persevered and came through the end and said, that was worth it? Huh? Only two of you. That's wonderful. We have two. The rest of them just stuck it out miserable. <laughs> Number five. How many of you have hope rising in your heart? Okay. Godliness. God, how many of you know we need a good dose of godliness? There's a lot of stuff that could be changed in the world today with just more of a godliness. Now, here's the trick. What is godliness? Ah, that's where it gets a little sticky. But I'm here to help us. I'm a Sherpa to help guide you through this. Now, this is what godliness is, is an awareness of God. An awareness of representing God and becoming more like Him. Hmm? Now, some of us think that this is godliness. Floating above the floor, transparent in glory, never doing anything wrong. Wrong? Uh, no. How could a Galilean fisherman ever go towards godliness? He knew what it was. It was becoming aware that I'm not just a Galilean fisherman, but I have been commissioned by Jesus Christ so that anywhere I go, even if it's fishing, even if it's speech-language pathology, even if it's forensic accounting, even if it's going through a local college and determining a path and then walking that out, whatever it is that God has commissioned to you in life, that you can do this with this. I am representing God. In this vocation, in this place, at this water cooler, in this position, I am representing the Almighty God of the universe. He's called me higher, and I can walk in godliness, and I can begin to look more like His son or daughter every day. I can actually present godliness to people. And you know what they'll say? They'll not only say you're a good person, but you'll even hear this stuff start showing up. 
You know, that's the godliest person I know. What are they saying? That's the closest thing I've ever seen on earth to God Himself. Now some of us go, oh, blasphemy, blasphemy. No, 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 no. That is to a religionist. But you know what that makes Jesus do? He smiles. That's what I'm doing. I'm interested in revealing myself into the physical world. I'm wanting my glory to surface in people who otherwise just couldn't pull it off so that they, people look at them and go, ah, he's not doing that. There's something more to this game than what meets the eye. There's some brotherly, there's some godliness going on. Number six, brotherly kindness. What's brotherly kindness? Affection and fellowship with the fellow believer with a fellow traveler. This is that appreciation that you have for people that you know and you get along with. And how many of you know that in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we at least need to have some brotherly love? When we weren't able to meet together, we just, meet, we just missed each other horribly. What was going on there? We love being together, the encouragement. We're on a journey together. We're believing Jesus together. We're experiencing life together. We're praying for each other. We're going through challenges. But what makes it all a little bit better when you have somebody who loves you because they're on the journey with you? They understand you. They understand what you're going through. They're praying for you, and they've got your back. Graduates, get into that phileo love. You're going to find yourself in vocations that are going to develop an affinity. CJ, you know what it's like on a football team to love the guys. Why? Because you're in a battle together. You're practicing together. You're going through adversity together. And when you're not around them, what do you do? You miss them. That is the idea of brotherly love, that fraternal love. But let me raise you one more as we close. Agape love. Wow. Agape love. This is the willingness to lay down one's own life for somebody else. Some of us are saying, oh, wait a minute, Jesus can do that, but I don't know about me. Here's what Peter's saying. He's called us to this height. That we can demonstrate the agape love of God for God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as I read this final part of the passage before we pray. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, notice, possess them and then what? Increase them. Remember, it's higher. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort. Hello, graduates. There's going to be times you want to slack off, you want to bail out. Make every effort. Hello, graduates, as we're heading towards graduation to be in the presence of the Lord. We want, to, we want to lay aside. We want to slack off. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you put your hands together and applaud Him? <laughs> Notice that He says, possess. 
increasing measure, effective and productive, calling and election sure, never fall, and a rich welcome into the kingdom. That's some good stuff right there. And that's worth it all. So Lord, we raise our hearts before You. I'm praying over a room full of people who are still looking for graduation. And I'm amongst that number. We're still pressing on and going on. Lord, I pray that You would stir us and call us into that place of effectiveness, into productivity, that we would not quit, we would persevere, that we would connect to these high, high, great expectations that You have for all of those who have come to You. Lord, we thank You for such great expectations, and we thank You for such great grace that is available to us to go into them. And we thank You for it, and we praise You in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Now may the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you this week as you go into some great expectations. Graduates, may the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ go with you as you go with great expectations, and may they be formed by Jesus. Amen? Lord bless you as you go. We hope that you've been touched by God's grace. As you've listened to our podcast today, we'd love to hear your response via email. And the address is podcast at visionchurch.ag, podcast at visionchurch.ag. And if you're in the area and don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come and visit us personally. We're located at 4024 Dakota Trail in Lake Worth, Texas. We together have a vision, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.